Welcome to the Northeast Community Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to know more about us, visit us on the web at necommunity.church. We're starting a new series uh, entitled Jesus is Greater. Jesus is Greater. Well, we'll be talking about Jesus being greater than sin, Jesus being greater than the grave, Jesus being greater than the world and culture, and we'll be talking about that through the rest of this month leading up into Easter and even after Easter. Uh, and today we're going to take the topic or the subject matter of Jesus is greater than religion. Jesus is greater than religion. And to be honest, I believe that religion, well, let me say it this way, over time, words change. Ideas of words change. And so what religion has become in our culture is not really what God views religion as. And so popularly made uh, a phrase not too long ago, some books were coming out and some stuff on social media that kind of shifted our understanding of what religion is based upon our limited understanding of religion. Uh, A book was written called Jesus is Greater Than Religion. Uh, And it got world-class renown based on the author writing this book called Jesus is greater than religion. And then what happened is, so, so what happens is when we bring ideas into the church, when we bring ideas into culture, oftentimes there's this pendulum swing that happens. And so the church, in my opinion, in my estimation, has been lacking in our responsibility of what God has called us to do and what Jesus is calling us to follow him and do in our culture and in our society. And so what happens is when there's lack, someone raises up and, and, and blows the trumpet, sounds the alarm, and everybody goes, yeah, that's what we're supposed to be doing. And we start running in a, in a direction opposite of the direction that we're in, and God wants us to be here, but we run right past that direction sometime when we try to course correct. There's this pendulum swing that happens. You guys hear me talk about this all the time. We go from one extreme to another, one extreme to another. And God is a God. That, God is the only person that can hold truths in tension. He can, he can be a God of love and a God of wrath at the same time. But us, we need to find balance in Jesus. And so when we do those things, we run right past uh, 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 what God would have us to do into an unhealthy space. And so when religion was, uh, uh, when, when Jesus being greater than religion was kind of introduced to our culture, what happened is we get, yeah, like, 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 like we don't need to pray no more. And we, 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 we don't even need to go to church on Sundays no more. Anybody ever heard that? Like, like, like I'm, I'm spiritual. I'm not really religious. I'm spiritual. And so we've dropped all the cultural uh, 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 baggage from the church. And so we don't pray out loud in public and we don't be witnesses and evangelists. Uh, evangelists in, 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 in our schools and on our jobs because we're not supposed to be religious. Religious is bad. Religious is bad, right? But that's not how God views religion. God actually says in James 1, starting in verse 23, that pure religion is undefiled. Pure religion is taking care of widows and orphans. As he actually starts out, yeah, this is a very uh, popular passage of Scripture. He says that we should not only be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And so what we've done is we've taken out the doers of the word because that's religious. Religious people do that. Like, you know, I, I, I have my own relationship with Jesus. I do my own thing with God. And get me right if I'm wrong. God is God, and God gets to determine how you love him. 
God gets to determine how you love him. Well, I show God love by sleeping in on Sunday mornings. I don't think you get to choose. I can see God in nature, and when you hear these kind of things, I can see God in nature. I go on a hike, and I see God, and there's a truth to that, but that's not how God has required you to love him. Show me in the text where it says God says, go out in nature and just love on me. Now, he has said that you can see his majesty in nature. You can look at nature and see that he is God, but that's not the end all. And so what happens is we became lazy Christians. And I want to refocus us this morning and show us how religion is not bad, even though Jesus is still greater than religion. And so James 1 verse 23 says this, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who's intently at, he looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. The Bible is saying that you've heard me see this here, this illustration before. We look into the word of God, it's like looking at a mirror and we see ourselves, we evaluate ourselves. I'm a handsome man when I look in the mirror. And then I walk away and I forget quickly what I just look like. Because the word of God, what it does is it is designed to show us who we are and designed to show us how to be like Jesus. Now, here's the thing. Religion plays a role in that we should be religious. There are religious activities that we do in order for us to be able to come to the mirror. But it's not about the mirror. Does that make sense to anybody? It's about Jesus, and we're going to get that this morning. And it says, but the one who looks into the perfect law, that sounds like religion to me, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being not a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Now, hold on, time out. So what is Jesus saying? Religion is not bad. Worthless religion is bad. And this is the thing that we've categorized as religion. Worthless religion is the bad thing. This is what Jesus is greater than. Worthless religion. Maybe you can identify with some of this stuff. Maybe it's some stuff that you learned from Big Mama. Maybe some stuff that you learned on the Internet. Maybe some stuff that you haven't really, per se, read from the Bible. But a lot of times what we do is we put these guardrails around God and we start doing things that's not necessarily in the text. And that religion is bad. When we start doing man-made stuff. Jesus told the people, he said, listen, you have taken these phraseologies and these doctrines of men and you've made them as gospel. That's not what I've been telling you to do. And so don't get mad at Jesus when you've been doing something wrong and it don't work out for you. And that's what we've categorized as religion. The things that we've been doing for Jesus and it don't work out for us. And then we get mad at Jesus and Jesus said, I never told you to do that. And what it does is it bakes inside of us this thing called, and this is a bad thing, it, 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 it kills. It's called disappointment. We're disappointed in Jesus because my idea of what I was supposed to be doing didn't work out, Rosie, and now I'm mad at Jesus. Shame on us. That's what Jesus is greater than. He's greater than those ideas. Some of us in this room, don't raise your hand. Some in this room, you do stuff and you don't really know why you do it. You heard somebody else say do it. You started doing it. It ain't working out for you, and now you're mad at God. 
It say in the Bible somewhere. It say something about something. Yeah, it say something about a lot of stuff. And so what we really want to delve into this morning is not so much the somethings that we do, but the person behind why we do those things. Anybody, anybody in the room in a relationship? Don't raise your hand. I see you. I see you. I see you. Can you determine to the other person in that relationship how you're going to love them? How you're going to interact towards them? How you're going to, he's a, hey, 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 listen, listen, this is just me, and if you don't like it, you can go. Those relationships don't end well, do they? This is who I am. This is out the way I've always been. I ain't changing. I'm not looking into the law, Jesus. I'm just going to be me, and you just going to have to deal with it. Yeah, Jesus is greater than that. Let me finish the scripture. It says, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Basically, he's saying you're doing all the stuff that you think you're supposed to be doing, but you're not even doing the stuff that he's told you to do. You're doing all this stuff. You're mad, and now you're not religious anymore, but you ain't even did what Jesus told you to do. He told you to shut your mouth sometimes. Don't always got to be right. Don't always put your mouth on people. I tell you what, they always, they always. And Jesus said, listen, by the same measure you judge others, that's the same measure you're gonna, I'm going to judge you. And we go through life and we do some of the stuff that Jesus done, tells us to do, and some of the stuff he ain't even told us to do. And then we're mad at him and we're disappointed and we don't even know where we are in our walk anymore. And I know I'm talking to somebody this morning. And I'm so frustrated that it doesn't work out. Well, I'm going to admonish us this morning that we get back to Jesus. And then we don't do the religious things, the religious activities, because we want to get closer to Jesus. No, we love Jesus, and then we do the things that we do outside of because he has loved us first. This is religion that is pure and undefiled before God. Wow, did God just say religion could be good? I didn't say it. It's in the Bible. You got a different translation? It might say it a little bit different, but it's going to say the same thing. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this. Watch this. To visit widows and orphans in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Look at your neighbor and say, religion ain't bad. False religion is bad. We have this pendulum swing. We have these disappointments. We realize that these things that I'm doing, it was never about Jesus. So you might be asking, you might not be asking, you might be asking when he's going to be finished, but you might be asking, so what do I do about that? What do I do about that? Number one, we need to recognize that religion is built on the understanding of who Christ is. Pure religion. Undefiled religion is built upon who Christ is. So when I say Christ is greater than religion, religion is just a reflection of who he is. Christ is the foundation, and religion is what we do based upon how we love Jesus. True religion. I'm not going to try to steal the word back this morning. I just want to point that out this morning. And now I'm going to tackle the stuff that we've called religion that's false religion. Yeah, Jesus is, is, is much greater than that. 
Turn, if you will, into your Bible, Colossians. This is where we're going to land today. We're going to read a lot of Scripture today. And uh, when we get here, what we're going to do is we're going to read through a lot of text, and we're just going to explain the text. I'm not going to do a lot of preaching this morning. We're going to read through the text, and we're going to explain the text. Galatians, Ephesians. I need a new Bible, y'all. Anybody want to get me a new Bible? Amen. We're going to talk about that later. My, my pages are sticking together. Like I said, religion has gotten a bad rap. God is greater than religion. As if you turn me in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. Did I say 15, Ryan? Colossians 1. <laughs> Put it on the screen for me. Thank you. 150. Yeah, you're right. Here's Jesus in all of his splendor. To the book of Colossae, I mean, to the church in Colossae, he wrote, He is the invisible, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Jesus is preeminent. You need to understand that. It's all about Jesus. Understand we go through our lives and we think it's about us sometimes. We think it's about our spouse. We think it's about our job. We think it's about our upper mobility. We think it's about the school. It's about all this stuff. No, no, no. Jesus is preeminent. Why? He is the image of God. You don't just serve this, 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 this cool carpenter that was born a long time ago, and he had some, he had some great pithy sayings that were written down, and we just, like, like he, 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 he's on a whole nother level than anybody, the wisest person you've ever known. He's just on a whole nother level than them. And so, yeah, that was wisdom that came out of Jesus, but it wasn't wisdom because he was just a wise man. It was because he is preeminent. He is the firstborn amongst men. He is the express image of God. If God were to take a selfie, you would see Jesus. He's preeminent. And we need to settle that in our hearts and in our minds right now. Yeah, we're leading up to Easter. I forgot to mention this. We're going to have a Good Friday service uh, on Good Friday starting here, I think, at 7 o'clock, 730. Thank you. Be here. Be a part of that because we're entering this season. This is why we believe what we believe. Because Jesus is God. Don't let nobody tell you anything less. He wasn't just a great prophet. He wasn't just a great teacher. He's God. He is express image of God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, watch this, by him, with his hands, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him, all things are held together. I've just been reading for a very short amount of time. It's like Jesus is the business. All things were created for him and by him. When you look at the Genesis creation story and go, and God created, Jesus was right there. They were created for him and by him. And it says, and he is the head of the body, the church. Are you a part of the church? Let me see. If, you can show your hands this time. Who's a part of the church in the room? That means you're a believer, you're a Christian. Listen, he's your head. Our lives need to look like it. Our lives need to reflect 
that truth. He is the head of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that everything might be, that in everything he might be preeminent. In everything he might be all in all. In everything he might be everything. You got to raise your hand on this one. How, much of, how many of us are living our lives like Jesus is our everything? Ain't got to say amen. You can say ouch. And I imagine this is why a lot of us live our lives disappointed. You want to know what's going on in your life? You want to know what's going wrong with your life? Are you making Jesus your all in all? Is he the first thing in your life? When you wake up in the morning, do you think about Jesus? When your head hits the pillow at night, is Jesus on your mind? Or are you thinking about yourself? Are you thinking about that spouse? Are you thinking about that job that you got to go into in the morning? Did you think, oh, are you thinking, oh, man, I didn't put gas in the car, and so I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. Are you thinking about those things, or is Jesus your focal point? I got to be honest, he ain't always my focal point. And when I get outside of him and I start to do things outside of who he is, guess what? Sean shows up. And none of y'all want to see Sean when he show up. Because Sean has the ability, the propensity, the capacity to blow it every single time. I don't know a single time that I've done it on my own and I got it right. You ain't got to, you can laugh and not hurt my feelings. I know it's true. Not a single time have I tried to do it my way and it turned out right. It might seem right temporarily, but ultimately, I need to be doing things God's way. And so he is preeminent. Now we go to Colossians 2. He is preeminent. He is the focus of our true religion, not our false religion. He is the focus of our true religion. And with that being said, let's read a little bit more. He says, therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in question of food or drink or with regard of a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. Anybody ever heard somebody that really want to just argue over the Sabbath? Right? Maybe some of you in the room. You, have, you feel some kind of way right now because we're worshiping on Sunday and this ain't the Sabbath. Maybe you grew up in those disciplines. Maybe you're still wrestling with that. Well, those are things the Sabbath was implemented to show us a glimpse of Jesus. But remember, Jesus is the selfie of God. And so we shouldn't put the selfie of God above. I mean, we, we shouldn't put the things about God above God. And so the reason the law was given, the reason God has showed us these things of religion is because he wanted to point us to him eventually. Jesus showed up and said, ta-da. And now we shouldn't be worshiping the things that were just leading up to glimpses, glimpses of him. The Bible tells us that these things were a shadow of Christ. If you go to stand, there ain't no sun out today, but if you go and stand out in the sun, right? What is more important, you or your shadow? What's so important? You or your shadow? 
And so we focus so much on the shadow that we miss the substance, which is Christ. We focus so much on these religious activities that we miss the substance, which is Christ. That's why Jesus came and people say, well, Jesus came. He obliterated religion and all this kind of stuff. No, he didn't. He just made it tougher. You think I'm lying? Jesus said, you have heard it said, you shall not touch a woman. I said, don't even look at her. You've heard it said, don't commit murder. I say, don't even call a person a fool in your heart. Why? Because it's not about the action or the activity. God is looking for our hearts. On the eighth day, the Jewish boys were circumcised, and circumcision was this big thing. And that's more than I want to talk about circumcision right now. And so circumcision was this big thing, and it was a big part of the religion. It was a big part of the activities that they did. And they would walk around and go, are you circumcised? Oh, I can't talk to you because you ain't circumcised because it was a part of the law. Jesus said, no, I'm coming out the circumcised heart. So I ask you today, where are you? Are you giving Jesus your all in all? He said, these, I get ahead of myself sometimes when I preach. He said, these are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. The substance. Listen, he did not come and say, don't do certain things, but he said, look at me. Look towards me. The shadow's going to be there. When the light shines, the shadow's going to be there. But don't look at the shadow. Look at me. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism. I can't even say the word. What that basically means is you just sit around and you just walk around and you just de- de- denying yourself all day. You ever see those, those old movies when the monks, they wore sackcloth and like it was itchy and they were going, they would beat themselves. Like, 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 he's like, why are you doing that to yourself? Why are you really doing that to yourself? And worship of angels, going in detail about vision, puffed up without reason, by his sensuous mind. And so you ever see somebody like that? They're just spooky deep. They're just religious. And they come in and say, oh, I got a word for you. Let me tell you about you. And I'm like, listen, your life falling apart. How you got a word for me? You can't even look in the mirror. I just got to tell you, I, I sense the Lord is telling me to tell you. What, what, what has he told you lately? Or just spooky, deep Christians, they, they read a scripture out of the Bible, out of context and all. And the Lord showed me the other day when I was reading in James chapter 4. You The number 4, them chapters wasn't there when he wrote it. And you just deep for no reason. That's what he's talking about. And not holding fast to the head. You all this spiritual stuff. You can do all this stuff. You can preach people under the floorboards. And look, it don't take much to preach people under the floorboards. All you got to do is get Zuri on the keys and tell him to hit a tritone. It'll just make people, it's something about it, it just makes you want to dance. Play the right music. You can get goosebumps anywhere. I've been to a, 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 a Longhorn game, a torch, t- touchdown with squad. I got goosebumps. And then them same goosebumps show up in church. You're like, ooh, that was a religious experience. I tell you what. You just felt some kind of way. Watch a scary movie. Listen how the music goes, and it, it just makes you feel some like we can do like we can like stuff can be done. It's not about that. You're doing all this stuff, and you're not holding fast to the head. You're not holding fast to Jesus. You're going to the Christian. Well, you can't go to the Christian bookstore no more. You're going to Amazon. 
and buying all these books, listening to all these podcasts, doing all this stuff to try to get yourself closer to God. And God is saying, no, no, the substance is here. And you're doing all that stuff to try to like get in right standing with God. And God is right here. I just want to talk to you. Listen, I'm not besmirching anybody who writes books or, or, or commentaries because I read them. I like them. I might write one one day. But listen, 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 this is really all you need. And you get into this and you can't get this. You don't persevere. You put it down. You try to take the easy way out and try and add something else. And then you start calling people up on the phone that you know spiritual. Hey, uh, 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 I, 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 you just on my mind. I was just wondering if you had a word for me. And we're displacing all this stuff. And we're trying to fill our hearts with all this stuff. And Jesus said, you're missing it. I'm right here. Anything go wrong in your life, you run into everybody else and asking them to pray for you. And don't get me wrong. Ask people to pray for you. The Bible says if you're sick, ask the elders to pray for you. Ask people to pray for you. But you're not praying for yourself. And the sad part, we're a bunch of Christians. Everybody running around praying for everybody else. Ain't nobody praying for themselves. And maybe if you pray for yourself, you learn how to keep your tongue. I'm going to move on. From who the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. Listen, the only way you're going to grow is if you lay hold of the head. Again, hear me. I never said... Don't practice religious activities. But I'm saying don't practice religious activities without the head. If we took an offering here, I'd raise an offering right now. If for Christ you died to the element of spirits of the world, why as if you were still alive in the world do you submit to the regulations? Do not touch. Do not taste. Do not handle, referring to the things that will perish as they're used according to human precepts and teachings. Sean Weekly's translation. Stop being spooky Christians. You want depth? You want a deep word? Try obedience. That's the deepest word you can get. Listen. Do what I say do. I don't care about all the different names of God and the different levels of heaven. And we can get real deep about some real dumb stuff sometimes. And man of God, I just sense in the spiritual realm. Why don't you sense in the natural realm why you can't shut your mouth? And we chase this stuff. We chase this mysticism. Like God, like, like, like God doesn't really want us to obey. And he, so he, like, you remember when you were little and they used to put those little decoder ring stuff together and stuff like, like God, like, like, like there's a Bible code. Why would God write me a love letter and he put it in code? It's right here on the surface. It ain't that deep. That's why books like Colossians, books like Hebrews, books like Romans, we can quote scriptures out of them, but how many of us have read, actually read the books? No, it gets deep around Romans 1, 2. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Let me jump to 8. Let me start talking about there, therefore no condemnation. 
He said, these indeed have an appearance of wisdom. And promoting self-religion. Wow, there's that word again. Wrong religion. And asceticism. And severity to the body. But they have no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Listen, Jesus is saying, man up and follow me. Stop looking for an easy way out. Stop looking for the secret code. Man up and follow me. Man up. Do what I say do. I'm sorry, women. I don't mean it. Woman up to. Do what I say do. Put on your big boy pants. Put on your big girl pants and do what I say do. If we don't do that, we're showing up here for nothing. Pastor, how do I do it, though? Okay, I'm glad you asked. We're going to keep going. So he basically said, don't let nobody disqualify you with these false religions, with these things, with these deep things, with these things. Like he said, it sounds good. You ever heard a preacher? And I'm, I'm not trying to bash no other preacher. But you ever heard a preacher? You're like, man, that sounds good, man, that man. And at the end of it, he's like, I don't even know. I, I just don't, I, I don't know what he said. Get tuned up and ah, it make you feel good. But when I'm through, I guess I'll be back next week. By the time I hit the parking lot, somebody cut me off in the parking lot. I'm about to lose my mind. I don't know how to handle that. And so our religion sounds good. But is it moving our hearts? Verse 3, and we'll tell you what we do, and then we're going to go home in chapter 3, not verse 3. Sorry. If all that stuff sounds good, if all that religion feels good to you, if all that asceticism feels good to you. Let me tell you, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. First off, in order to actualize, realize that Jesus is greater than these religious activities, Jesus is greater than these things that got me frustrated, Jesus is greater than my, 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 my current situation, my current condition, First, I need to understand that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father right now. The Bible says that he is there to ever make intercession for me. Now, I know we've been talking about going around, crying, uh, calling around about somebody to pray for you. Listen, Jesus is on the main line. Tell him what you want. I almost had the band get back up there. He said, set your minds on the things above, not on the things that are on this earth. Why? Because these things are reflections of what's currently going on in heaven where we don't see. But we have to understand that Jesus is up there taking care of whatever he needs to take care of in order for my life down here to reflect what's going on up there. Y'all, has anybody read their Bible? He's seated at the right hand of the Father praying for me right now. Lord. Do you understand? See, we've heard that so many times that it's kind of like it, does, it, doesn't, it doesn't have the same weight that it used to. That's powerful. Think about that for a second. What other religion, what other school of thought do you have direct access to God? And not only do you have direct access to God, you got God praying to God for you on the behalf of God. Wow. It's like Inception. To set your minds on the things that are above and not on the things that are on earth. 
For you have died and your life is hidden in God. Secondarily, he's seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Listen, secondarily, you have died. That's why he said, don't worry about touching all this stuff and what not to do. Just follow him. Don't worry about if your life is looking like you think your life should look. Just follow him. You already died. Reagan just brought this up to me the other day because we sit around in the kitchen sometime and talk. I don't really like her, but we talk sometimes. <laughs> and we talk about this movie called Double Jeopardy. Anybody ever seen the movie Double Jeopardy? The premise of the movie was that this woman well, went to jail for murdering her husband, but her husband had faked his death. Y'all mean, anybody know what I'm talking about? And so now she break out of prison or she get out of prison and she's going to go kill him for real now because they can't put her back in jail because she's not already killed him. Great premise of the movie, women, y'all, y'all. That's why I canceled lap, Lifetime around my house. Listen, listen you ain't going to be watching Burning Bed no more. But listen, there's this double jeopardy that's going on in our lives. Listen, you've already died. Why are you walking around here acting like God's trying to kill you? Some of you might be saying, well, when did I die? The Bible says that when Christ was stretched out on Christ, we were inside of him. That's what Paul is referring, I mean, what's what author Colossians is referring to right here. He's saying, look, you've already died. And now you're sitting around, running around by all this, 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 this religious activity and stuff like that. Listen, you're going to fall, you're going to stumble, walk through life, follow Jesus. That's your number one religion right now, follow Jesus. If you get it wrong when you're trying to follow Jesus, oh, well, you already died. Repent, get back up. Dust yourself off and keep following Jesus. The number one killer of Christians I, that, that, that I get a chance to counsel with and talk to is this thing of disappointment. Well, my life done turned out and it should have been so much better than this. Listen, listen, you, you, you're disappointing yourself. You're not disappointing God. Because disappointment implies that, listen, I didn't know that this was going to happen. But if we're talking about a God who knows everything, he knows my beginning from my end. He knows the numbers of cares on my head. And since he knows these things, he's not disappointed in me because I've already died. I, he saw this when Jesus was on the cross in Calvary. So my current situation, I'm sitting here with sackcloth and ashes, and I'm saying, oh, woe is me. Oh, why I keep disappointing God? And God's like, you're not disappointing me. I knew you were going to do this, and I died anyway. I died anyway. Now, now that you know that, listen, dust yourself out, boo-boo. Get up, baby, and come follow me. And a lot of us walking around here like infants. You no, know, infants are walking in there. Gabe, you have a little baby at home. You know, he, he you know, he, you don't say, you don't fail, now stay down there. <laughs> What's wrong with you learn, trying to learn how to walk? No, you, uh, 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 you pick him up, right? You go, come on, come on, come on, come on. That's what Jesus does and not probably like Jesus might go Google Google with you. But you know what I'm saying? He's like, follow. Come on. Come on. No, you can walk. Come on. Come on. Get No, no. No, get up. Get up. You all right. You all right. You all right. You all right. All right. Come on. Follow me. Come on. Come on. And he's spending all his time doing that. And you just, you just, you just sitting there throwing a temper tantrum. And you know babies, how babies get, they get tired of doing what they do. And they start doing like this. <laughs> like, I'm tired of trying this walk stuff. You need to just go on and give me the block that I want. And parents, we smart. We know they want that cookie, and we put that cookie at the end of the table. And they're like, listen, I'm through with that. You're going to bring me the cookie if I cry loud enough. <laughs> That's what we do to Jesus. If I cry loud enough, if I moan long enough, you're going to send your Holy Spirit to come me. So I don't really want to walk, so I'm just going to sit right here in my mess. And God's saying, you didn't disappoint me. You never disappointed me. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing I need you to understand. You can't do it anyway. 
You need to understand that I'm with you every step of the way. In the midst of your depression, in the midst of your sickness, I'm still here. We act like God done ran off and left us. God's like, no, I'm right here. He's a friend that sticks closer to you than a brother. He is right there. Just because it don't feel good don't mean he ain't there. You know, this is morbid, but I remember I was at hospice with my friend Dave. And he was dying, and we, we knew he only had a couple of hours left. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to react. I, 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 this is my first time as a pastor being in hospice. And the lady who's used to it, she is coming in, and she, like, she talking loud to him and stuff. Like, I'm like, he, he's dying. Why are you screaming at him? But his ears were failing him, and I'm, I'm in there just timid, like a little, little church mouse, and, and, and Emery's there. And every time Emery comes in, and like, no, God, no, my wife, this, she, this is love. She don't like being in those places. But she starts touching on all the machines and stuff. What is this doing? She's she just curious and touching stuff. I'm like, stop touching the stuff. Stop. You're going to kill him earlier. Stop. You know, stop touching the stuff. And so she's touching the stuff, and, and she's good at this, and she, she's rubbing his head. And she says, she says, Dave, um. I don't know why I'm telling this story. Somebody needs to hear this. She says, Dave, um, are, are, are you scared? And he looks up in the midst of all his pain. He says, no. I'm just curious what it's going to be like. In the midst, at the valley of the shadow of death, he understood that God was with him. And why does that moment impact me so much because I don't want to wait till I'm on my deathbed to understand that God is with me. He's walking with me and I'm and, 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 and that I'm loved by him. And so we do this. Live our life. Live our life. Live our life. Live our life. This is a great life. Live our life. Forget about God. I think about God when my deathbed come. It's not a good blessing. And so we recognize that he is God in heaven. We recognize that we've died in Christ and that we are his. And it says, when Christ, who is your life, appears, you will also appear with him in glory. And Dave understood that. Our problem is we don't understand that. We think God's abandoned us. We think God has turned his back on us. And we just... To be perfectly honest, this whole thing, this is a whole doctrine. It's called the assurance of salvation. Some of us in the room, we're not even sure if we're saved or not. I just hope God is gracious enough when I show up. See, this is the thing about the Christian faith that's not like any other faith. Other faiths, they believe that you do all these good works, and then when you get to heaven, they, they, there's a person with this little beam, and he goes, mm, mm, mm. you're bad that way, you're good, so. Mm. Oh, you barely made it by skinning your teeth. Go on in there. Our faith tells us it's not about our works. It's about what Christ did on the cross. Yet we live like we're not sure of that. Because it's too good of a deal to make sense. You mean to tell me I'm going to fumble through my life? I'm going to mess it all up, and I still get to go to heaven? Well, see, here's the challenge. Because you have that mentality, you haven't really fell in love with Jesus, so you shouldn't be sure. You shouldn't be sure. You ain't got no surety because you ain't loving Jesus right. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not saved, but that's why the Bible tells us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. 
It's not that we should be intimidated and scared of God. No, it says, no, no, you're working it out so that you're understanding that what's coming out of you is about a love relationship. And listen, you need to learn. Listen, I'm going to say this today. And listen, you need to learn to fall in love with Jesus. The religion, the true religion will come when you learn to fall in love with Jesus. We get the cart before the horse. We be like, I just need to read my Bible more. I just need to pray more. And I'm, you know, and then this is going, no, 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 no. You just need to fall in love with Jesus. What does that look like for some of us? Some of y'all saying, well, how do I do that, Pastor? Just sit at his feet. Don't worry about the words that you're saying. Just sit at his feet and say, listen, 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 I need you, God. I need you for my next breath. I'm so grateful to you, God. Listen, God, I got this big thing going on today, and I just need, I just need clarity and peace right now, God. That's a prayer. You don't have to beat on your chest and say, oh, heavenly and benevolent Father. That's how you pray, pray that way. We come to thee and thine, oh God. Trying to impress God. God's like, I'm not impressed with those words. I created them. We need to fall in love with Jesus. We need to meet him where he's at. And he's right there with you. He's not this far off God in the galaxy far, far away, sitting up there with a microscope looking down on us. If you're a believer, he's in your heart. He's dwelling inside of you in the presence of his Holy Spirit. He speaks to you. He walks with you. And so we just need to understand that. But this is what I tell you that you do need to do. I'm going to say do do. Colossians 3, 5. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Understand what's heavenly. and Put to death what is earthly. Some translations say you mortify the deeds of your flesh. Often, too many times, here's the thing. When we put bad religion away, you know what we started doing? You know what we started doing when we put bad religion away? It's just me. It's just the way that I am. My mama was mean. I'm going to be mean. I don't know what to do. I'm, hey, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to be mean. Women, I ain't throwing no rocks. It's my time of the month, so I'm just going to. Men, you ain't off the hook. I'm having a rough time at work, and so they just need to understand that I'm stressed. There's a round of layoffs, and if I act a little sideways, I'm going through some stuff. And we got to this place where God is such a personal God, and he should be a personal God. He's such a personal God that we don't want to do what he said do because we feel like he's just going to coddle us. And God's like, I'm not going to coddle you. And half the time, the stuff that you're going through, you're going through because you want to be coddled. And God says, no, those who I love, I chastise. I love you so much, I'm going to cause you to grow up. The Bible tells us in Peter that think it not strange that you're going through these fiery trials. Why? These fiery trials are to get you off your butt and into action. I'm going to keep on moving. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. We are in the West. We are some of the most covetous people I've ever seen in my life. Because we have so much available to us. And now with the and listen, I don't think that social media is wrong. It's not the devil, but the devil be on there though. Um, 
at any given moment, we look at other people's stuff. Ooh. Gabe, is that mind your pizza? I sure want to mind your pizza right now. Just took a picture and he eating over there. Ooh, Stan got my new truck. That's nice. My car. That's Rosie daughter got a scholarship. Why can't you get a scholarship? Because she got actual talent. Your child doesn't. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm playing. All right, I'm moving on. I'm getting, I'm getting long. Colossians 3.6. Because we refuse to put away these things, on the account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. God is going to pour out his wrath on the earth because of the earthly things, these things, these sin, this wickedness. Sin will be ultimately destroyed. And what he's saying is, you're throwing yourself in with a lot of the sinners. You're behaving like the sinners behave. You're supposed to be a light, and you're acting just like them. And a lot of them are religious, as he just said. He said, it's all this stuff, but they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Well, guess who they are? Us. I believe sometimes we don't read the Bible because we don't want to know what it says in there because we know if we read it, we're going to have to be accountable for what it say. So, yeah, Jesus is absolutely greater than religion. <laughs> He also requires more of us than religion. You can't have it both ways. If he's greater than religion, that means he requires more of you than religion. That means sometimes he's going to ask you to do something that there is no, that, 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 that there's no precedence for. Mm-hmm. There's not a scripture that says, I'm calling you to a mud hut in Africa to reach an un uh, un unspoken, uh, 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 unreached people group. There's no scripture to tell you that. But Jesus might call you to it. There's no scripture per se. The idea is there, but there's no scripture per se to say, I want you to specifically volunteer at this homeless shelter three days a week. But Lord, I ain't got time for all that. It don't say it in the Bible, so I ain't going to do it. And so we try to revert back to religion, and I just told you Jesus is greater than religion. It says love your neighbor, but it don't specifically say Brenda. It say love your neighbor, but Brenda is not my neighbor. She four houses down. Church, he's calling us higher. He's calling us deeper. And we entered this vein today because it's going to, we're going to talk about sin and the obliteration of sin. We're going to talk about the grave and what he did on Easter. We're going to talk about these things. But until we can understand that Jesus is preeminent, he's greater than your idea of him. He's greater than the last church that you were at, and they believe that way, and that's the reason you left that church, and now you kind of don't want to kind of put your toe in because this looks kind of like the last church, and I don't know, they might hurt me like they did. Look, Jesus is greater than that. And as we close, 
I had some more scripture, but I think, I, I think I'm just going to leave it right there. I'll, at this point, I'll be beating a dead horse. And because Jesus is greater than religion, he requires our worship. Romans chapter 12 says, you don't have to put it on the screen, Ryan. I didn't give it to you. But he says, I urge you, brothers, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy before God. He said, this is your reasonable act of worship. He said, this is reasonable. Considering all that we've done, considering all that we've walked through, it's reasonable for you to present your entire body as a living sacrifice. It's reasonable that you give yourself away. It's reasonable. It's reasonable. When you go to your job tomorrow, based upon what they're paying you, you might say that I'm not doing it. That's unreasonable because you ain't paying me enough. Or you're paying me enough, and I will do that, right? We do that. We, we, we create this, this, this logic, this reason based upon what you're giving me, what resources you're giving me. That means this is reasonable. Listen, Christ is all and in all. He's given us our very next breath. And so it's reasonable for him to ask us, forgive me, to command us. Thank you for listening. If you would like to know more about us, please visit us at anycommunity.church.